beautifully executed sideways nice straight swing of the bat you won the man of the match in both the semi-finals and the finals we all done performance yes of course we had a team which, which suited the conditions we had a lot of fast bowling all-rounders or, or medium pace all-rounders yeah. and we had a decent sort of batting setup then um what did you think of the you know when you won those awards i feel and this is a personal mm. thing that you have not got the credit that should you should have got <laughs> for those two awards <laughs> so again a, a little bit of your uh, uh no no i thought i was uh, pleased in a way that i contributed uh, to the success to the team and uh, so getting Man of the match, I think, is a huge uh, satisfaction and an honor for a player because that means you contributed the maximum to the team efforts and to team win. And I was very pleased, and I was pleased uh, for myself, for my father, and for that matter, because I thought all those years when I was out, you know, like I was nowhere, and now here I am. I'm a part of the team, and I'm contributing, and we are winning, actually, and. Uh, doing something for the country as such so never thought anything else at that time i never wanted any credit i said you like fine i've done people know i have done it i don't have to tell people that okay i'm the man of the match so they have seen it all anyway so i was quite content quite happy with uh, my performance and uh, i'm the last person you know who grumbles in life and all that the see i'm very content kind of a person whatever i am i'm happy and i live for the day that's it So I never plan too many things in life, and I don't grumble about the yesteryears. What I missed out, I missed out, missed out. It's okay. It was probably it was in my destiny, not to play for those years. And probably when I came back and I achieved, probably I was supposed to achieve. It's all written up there, yeah. and by a great man up there. And so I think I was quite content, quite happy. You're the most humble <laughs> and the most down to earth, grounded soul I've seen. Uh, who, who doesn't need to be so grounded? But you always remain grounded, Jimmy. You take a rickshaw and go anywhere, and, and you know you—that's <laughs> your style. You don't even have cars in most time. You don't drive around. My, so obviously there is a, a, a different perspective of life that you have, and, and I think, like you said, the Lalaji must have influenced yes. a lot of that. Uh, and you yourself have been uh, influential on a lot of other people, including uh, you know some of the kids that you've interacted with. <laughs> even though they may not be cricketers but they have, you have interacted with them and you've influenced them greatly in the in in the, in the way that they think and stuff like that um then you had a dip in your career and you knew that you were growing old how did you cope with that change when you knew that failure is going to come to you um did it bother you does it bother a, a cricketer at that level no for my case it didn't because i've seen it all in the younger days and i knew that uh, you know this uh, sunshine is not going to be there forever and probably you're going to have good days you're going to have bad days i was ready for that actually and uh, i had seen the best achieved the best in one year which probably others struggled to achieve in, in the whole career as such so i was quite happy with that you know like uh, so like even like when i was uh, not later on part of the team and all those things so it didn't bother me as such you know like i was just taking one day at a time and uh, so like of course everybody gets old with time you know you cannot remain the same all your life and uh, things start changing you know everything start changing with every day in life as such 
But I would just take it in a positive way, you know, like I always believe that uh, everyone has a talent as a cricketer. So, like, it's not that uh, all 11s are playing, one is greater and one is not good. So, they're all good players. They're all. But how you perform, the consistency is the key in life as such. So, yeah, if you want to be there, you have to be consistent. And, uh, and of course, pol politics, jealousy, those things will always be there the, in a competitive world. But I think as long as you're happy what you're doing, I think that's the most important thing. So that gives you the maximum pleasure. That's the way I am. And my mother is a great influence on me because she used to say, you're only going to eat two chapatis a day. You cannot digest three or four. So why worry? Whatever you have, be happy with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Your three best innings and why? <laughs> no, I think you play a lot of... Uh, uh, innings and uh, sometimes you score a lot of runs and uh, it gives you all innings give you satisfaction when you score runs and maybe sometimes when you help the team and maybe you not score heavily but in a situation you have contributed the maximum when it was needed that gives you the most uh, satisfaction as such I think when I scored my first hundred uh, against Tomo in Australia in 77, 78 series at Perth, I think. It was because very challenging for, I think, for a batsman of playing on that fast wicket and against the quality fast bowling of uh, Jeff Thompson. And I think that I really enjoyed that inning. And uh, because uh, when somebody bowling quick, uh, not trying to hurt you, because bowling to your weaknesses. <laughs> And I don't think fastball are enjoying hitting a batsman. They just bowl to their weaknesses. And I think that inning definitely I cherish uh, a lot uh, because that helped me. And the second one, again, Barbados, when I was hit on my face uh, of Michael Hall, Michael Malcolm Marshall delivery. And when you come back, you know, like uh, to bat again, uh, you know what to expect because fast bowlers uh, are not friends on the field, you know. They're also not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> They know what to do and how to, but they don't want to be your friends because uh, they have a different mindset, you know, they want to control, they want to dominate and all that thing and they understand the psyche also. And I think that inning, probably the second inning was very satisfying for me because after big, you being hit and all that, uh, you're a little bit jittery, you know, when you go into bat again. But I think once you're in, and when you see the ball flying all over, all your worries, all your pain vanishes, honestly. And I had stitches, you know, but nothing bothered me at that time, you know, like, and though that inning, we lost the game and all that thing. So that really gave me a lot of uh, satisfaction and all that. And the third one, I think, a lot of innings, but I think the final probably was uh, really, I think, dreams come true for me in the world of finals. Because, you know, like, if you look at the score, it's not that... You scored heavily or nothing great as such. You're defending a small total and you're contributing both with batting and bowling at that in a small total and helping the team to achieve what we always dreamt of to achieving. And uh, doing something for it. the country, I think you get the best and greatest satisfaction. You know, like. Dujon on 25 to face. And he's pulled it on. And he's got the miracle. 
for India. That's the wicket they desperately needed. Dujon, somewhat unlucky there, tried to pull the bat out of the way, I fancy. Just caught the uh, inside edge and pulled it on. So he goes. 119 now for seven in the 42nd over. Well, funny things happen at this game. Starts to play, decides it's too wide. Tries to get his bat out of the way, hits the bottom edge and into his stumps. Great blow for the West Indies. Dujon played very, very well indeed. Looks as though he will be a very good player in the making. Your five best fast bowlers? Oh, five. I think there were a lot of great fast bowlers uh, in those days. You know, like, uh, I think the first name come to my mind actually as a fast bowler is Imran Khan, to be very honest, uh, because... And um, maybe he was not as quick as Michael Holden, but he was no less than them, or maybe Marshall and Andy Roberts and all those guys, or Thompson. But I think the kind of energy he had, the kind of aggression he would bowl, the kind of talent he had, the kind of swing, whatever way they were getting the swing, but it was unbelievable, actually. I've seen, you know, like we have seen people bowling on slower tracks, but he was one guy who would literally give more than 100%. He would lead by example uh, as a captain of the Pakistan team in cricket as such. Definitely, I would uh, <clears throat> have Imran up there. And the second person is Michael Holding. You know, I've never seen a bowler bowling with such rhythm, honestly, really. And uh, as if, you know, like uh, he's flying in the air. Honestly, he's not that just touching the ground and just going in like bowling, moving like Rolls Royce. And, and bowling quick is not that and lethally, you know, like it was lethal at times. And uh, his pace was unbelievable, control, and uh, he was very nice, very mild kind of a person. He never showed any anger playing against uh, India, against, I never noticed anything. But he would just go and perform. And then Malcolm Marshall. Definitely, I thought uh, probably he was one of the best bowlers at that time for the West Indies. He was young, much younger to these guys. And uh, then, uh, you know, like the kind of pace he would generate was unbelievable. The short guy compared to all these guys and the steep bounce and the uh, speed he would bowl with energy. And you know, something like when Malcolm Marshall is bowling, it's as if like you're firing a bullet from a gun. It just by the time you take a stance and then he's there. You know, he would run so fast. It was unbelievable. And uh, Andy Roberts, definitely. Of course, Garner was there. There were a lot of other fast bowlers. And uh, Andy, you know, like he was, uh, he was always a trier. He was very different to these guys. And uh, he probably would understand the game in a different way. Probably, I don't know, I'm sure they all must be working on the technique of a batsman. But I think he was ahead of the rest. He would pick up, he would plan much better than other fast bowlers. So he was be as quick as anybody else, you know, like on a day, it was given day. And uh, then uh, Tomo, I think I really enjoyed. I never played against Dennis Lilly because he was with Packer in those days. And uh, so this Tomo was very absolutely the genuine fast bowlers, you know, like... Uh, with such lovely action and the pace and a strong guy, strong personality coming in, you know, bowling at you and uh, not giving you a time to relax 
with any delivery, keeper is jumping, collecting the ball over his head and all those kind of a thing, which you won't enjoy from a striker, neither from non-striker. <laughs> you know? And the sling did that because yeah. it hit the, hit the arm behind him. Yeah, yeah. Did it play a part in no, this? No, no, nothing like that. No. No, that was his way, that was action, all fast bowlers have. There were a lot of great fast bowlers. So it's very difficult to name, you know, like if you have to have a choice, like pick four or five. It's very difficult. They were all great fast bowlers around. Richard Hadley was different. Dennis Lilly never played against him. As if South Africans were not playing international cricket. Sarfraz was very crafty bowler. Kapil was doing well doing for India and all those things. So a lot of guys were around me and both of them was there. Bob Willis, Hendricks, you know, all those, you know, guys. But it's very difficult to pick, you know, like they have to, every guy has a different strength and they would bowl differently in different conditions and all that thing. But I think these five guys, I thought, uh, were totally uh, far ahead of the rest. Some of the funniest things that happened during your playing career. <laughs> No, but you don't have time to pop anything when you're back. <laughs> you are concentrating on that ball which is coming maybe 90, 100 miles an hour at you. You forget all your worries, your smiles at times. So you just, you know, go there and all those on the field. And things happen, you know, like you, but the, what I like about the West Indian, they would not sledge. They would just look at from the corner of the eye and that was good enough to <laughs> say some of the batsmen, you know. And they won't smile and all those things, you know, like uh, they were very professional in those days. And uh, so it was a pleasure to play against uh, all those players, so against batter like Viv Richard, for example, was totally different, you know, like when he would come into bat, it was a pleasure. To see, see the key, the great thing about Viv was um, in world cricket in those days, the moment he would enter the ground, the whole team would turn their head towards him. You know, that was the sign that how much respect he had from the opponents, you know. They would all, you know, like uh, before they go back to their respective field placements or a bowler go back to his run-up, the first thing, anything, when the wicket falls, all plays are together. And sometimes when the batsman come, you're not bothered, you still already move, move back to your uh, positions and all. And when the wave would come, the crowd reaction, you know, like it was very pleasing to see some person who has so much impact on in world cricket as such. And he was a great player, no doubt, and a fantastic man, a great human being also. So all those things were really, I cherish, I enjoyed that time. And uh, so I think... Live for today? Why worry about tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> there was a story, I mean, you don't have to quote the player, but there was a story about people backing up and, and saying I'm out when, <laughs> when confronted with pace. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's not easy. I think when you play fast bowlers, it can happen, you know, to like, uh, depends on the individual, how strong you are, how talented you are of course everybody's talented when you're playing at that level and how well you can take up the pressure and fastball are not your friends on the field you know they won't smile at you and uh, when they and when the, they've lost a game and when they're down they come at you come at you are even harder so i think in west indian those days probably i think they didn't want to compromise on anything they <laughs> believed in winning 
and they want to take a shit out of you. <laughs> so that's why you know, a lot of players would uh, sometimes fake injuries also at times. It would happen actually, you know, like to, to fear, not to fear rather than to have a camera in there around their neck and just start clicking pictures. <laughs> and then the next morning they're fine. But I think when you're playing at that level against a genuine fastballer, it's all about guts. You need guts, you know, like, and you should be prepared to accept the injuries if you have, provided it's not serious. And this part and parcel of the game, and I think. But whatever I have played, I've really enjoyed it all my life. Richard Hadley hit you on the head, you had stitches. You knew that the next ball is going to be a bounce. And you hooked it for four. And... Uh, no, not him, actually. Michael Marsh. I had a fractured skull. and He was a very you had a fractured skull against uh, uh, Hadley. It is Hadley. I, ah. I didn't play for months, actually. I was hospitalized oh, and all oh, that. Oh, okay. But it's a part and parcel of the game. It's nothing like... Uh, I think what happens, I think when the, the growing years are very important in your life, that makes you a man when you're a boy. Because what you learn at that time really helps you in a difficult situation and conditions and times as such, in life as such, I always believe. So when you've seen the worst, so you don't worry about it actually. You cannot get worse injury than that, you know, like, and small injury, even like dad, when we would get hit, we used to play a lot of cricket on matting, then he would not really be very sympathetic to us and he said, okay, go and put some ice and that's it and then go and play. So he would encourage us not to back out, not to sit out in the dressing room. And see, like, I think that is very important uh, from your parents' point of view. It's a normal life, your mother, father, I think. And if that's what teaches you in life, even chips are down, how to you know, come up and get out of that situation. Whereas a, a boxer, a wrestler, when you're down, what you have to do next to come up and then defeat the opponents and all this. So this thing, I think, teaches you in life. So that's why I say my mother would say, don't worry about life. She had seen good days, bad days. My father had seen it. So they never grumbled about it. They would, I'm sure they must have felt bad about it, but they were always very positive. So I think that leaves an impact on a person. So that was in my case. And I was, uh, I was quite happy, whatever was happening. But like today, I'm the same. I don't think... I would change and I would worry about things, you know, like, you can't, uh, whatever you have, you should be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where your courage comes in from. It's being grounded, I think, and not being uh, confronted by, by demons and devils in your own mind. And that's, I think, very important for all the youngsters who are watching, <laughs> watching this. Yeah. Um, five best batsmen. Well, there were a lot of uh, great batsmen around, you know, like uh, my, when I started, my 20 years of uh, international cricket. And uh, I'll start with Indian, actually. And, uh, of course, Sunil, the kind of uh, technique he had, and the kind of temperament he had, the kind of hunger he had. I think definitely if anyone has to learn about uh, cricket, about cricketing abilities, about uh, consistency, then I would think about the Sunil. It's not that others have not achieved uh, later on. There are a lot of great players. Uh, then you can talk about Rahul Dravid, maybe Lakshman, maybe these are current players or the recent players or retired, maybe Brendan Seva. Even in the olden days, like uh, my father, uh, of course, I was, when I was born, he had retired from cricket and all that. 
what kind of stories I heard, you know, from people and uh, not only from India, like in Australia and England and uh, West Indies and Pakistan and all that thing. So, but those, unfortunately, there were not much of a cricket was played. And of course, he was a very uh, upfront kind of a person and he would say what was right and he wouldn't give a damn to anybody. And uh, so that's why he was, uh, that's, a, that's a personality he was actually. And very aggressive man and uh, he bl believe in positive uh, kind of a cricket. And all those things, and CK Naidu, I can talk about, you know, people don't, don't know much about because they had not scored many runs. So we always go through the records. What about Vijay Hazare? And Vijay Hazare was uh, totally different, you know, in those days. And uh, he was a very consistent player. Even like uh, you go back to Pataudi, you go back to Chandu Bode, Pauli Umbriga. These were the people I've seen playing. But earlier people have not. They have heard yeah. their stories. Yeah about uh, how they used to play and how great a player they were and all that thing. And uh, my role model was Chandu Bode actually, when I was a kid, so I was so really? impressed. Yeah, wow. uh, so how come you didn't bowl next year? <laughs> <laughs> no, dad always saying case bowling is <laughs> And uh, Chandu Bode was my role model when I was a kid and uh, I liked his style, I liked the way and uh, thing which I really liked them, like about him, he used to put kajal in his eyes. <laughs> In those days, you know, but they were said that people would put to have a good, better eyesight and all that. The women used to do that, actually. And that was very noticeable, very unique thing for me to see a cricketer, you know, putting Kajal in his eyes and all those things. So, and then the, the style he had, the kind of cricket he would play. So, that was really great. So, a lot of players have come over the period of time and uh, they have performed. Vishwanath, for example, I thought he was, a fa he was no less than Gavaskar as a player. If you talk about Indian cricket today, and uh, so the, if you see the wins Indian have made in those days in his career, and uh, from 69 to 83, about the, the time he has played cricket, probably he helped India the maximum. His contribution was the maximum. Whenever India was had won a game or something like in those days. So all those things, a lot of great players have come with time, but one or two person leave an impact on the game as such. And consistency is definitely a key thing. And the other thing, you know, because uh, when we were, India was playing overseas, and you're always playing against better opponents, better bowlers, and in more demanding condition. And when you're an opening batsman, even it's more challenging. Or if you're batting in a higher batting order, so it's more if you lose wickets. So it's not always easy. And to be consistent, you know, at that level, averaging over 15 test cricket is in those days was considered great, you know. Like, it's still is still this area. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so even now, not many yeah. players have done that. So, like, in those days, you know, he was... Uh, then Viv Richard, of course, I thought, you know, like he was, as I mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, the impact he had on the game. And I loved his aggression, you know, like he would literally take control of the situation and uh, win games uh, on its own. And I remember one of his innings, you know, won the international... Uh, against England when West Indians at Old Trafford, I think it happened in 76. At that time, he was still not a very established player. He went, uh, it was around for a few years, but that inning probably made all the difference and changed uh, his mindset. And then he was a totally different player. And uh, that inning, I think uh, he scored 180 or something, not or single-handed it won. Then he scored something like seven, 800 runs in that series after missing a test match. And then he never looked back. 
So he had so much impact on the game, so much control on the game and so much effect on the opponents that opponents were always, you know, like really worried or scared. They didn't know what he would do next. And he always played positive cricket. You were not the guy who would just be defensive. And, and he that was the play. famous Grovel series. Grovel series. <laughs> Tony Gregg's Greg, yes, yeah. uh, comment. And and make them grovel. Yeah, yeah, Grovel. So, so that's why these, you know, people have uh, left so much impact on the game as such. Not only on, in their country, every, all over the world. Wherever he had played, you know, like uh, people would come to watch him. And, uh, you know, like, so like the Bradman playing in the in his time, in his era, like people would just flock to the ground to see Bradman, you know, at that time. So these were things were happening, like uh, somebody was telling a story about my dad after when he scored a 100 in his debut. So he was a local uh, Lahori guy from Lahore and all that. So then uh, he, he was playing for his club also at that time. So whenever he would play, the whole Lahore would come to watch him. And they would uh, have special tickets for that game, you know, <laughs> Lala is playing today. So although, you know, this impact they leave behind and the legacy they leave behind. So I think that is absolutely, and uh, so these two names, I think, are always fresh in my memories. You know, like a lot of players have played cricket over the period of time. They have scored runs, they have contributed and all those things. And the other person actually I like is Rahul Trevin. To be very honest, of course, uh, and I uh, watched him, and I loved uh, his uh, work ethics, you know, like, uh, and uh, the way he would play, the way he would conduct himself, you know, and the way the cricketer should be playing cricket, and uh, he would, one of those guys, he would always perform under pressure, the maximum, so he was... Uh, they were all great players, you know, like Tendulkar, it all about Lakshman, Sevag, you know. But I think he was one guy, you know, like, uh, who was a little bit different to the rest. You know, you can talk about Tendulkar, the achievements he has made and all that thing. But for me, Rahul Dravid probably was somebody who was different to the rest and all those kind of things. And uh, see, nowadays, there were a lot of... Uh, plays from Australia. I enjoyed watching. I didn't play much uh, cricket against uh, Ian Chappell, but I thought uh, I liked the way he would play his cricket, you know, the aggressive style, both as a captain, uh, you know, like he played with authority and uh, he would control the game and all those things. So like uh, sometimes, you know, it's not that uh, you have to score uh, thousands of runs. It's the impact which you make on the team and your personality and what you do for the team, I think that is very important as a leader. Mm -hmm. So he was not maybe as consistent as Greg Chappell and Dougie Walters and a lot of other players who were playing in that time. But he was, according to me, was different, you know, he was a different personality and he would play differently compared to other teams. See, unfortunately, South Africans uh, were not playing in those days because of apartheid and all that. So they had fantastic, so England had some fantastic players. But I think none of them really leave um, uh, impact on me as a batsman. They were scoring runs, you know, like you can score, a lot of people score runs and then uh, you don't actually think much about it. You, enjoy watching, enjoy playing them, against them, you appreciate what they have done and all that. So there are a lot of players, you know, have come and go over the period of time.
So these, a uh, lot of players have been around and uh, achieved a lot of things in life, but I think these three names probably, I think I find them, you know, like a little bit different to the rest. Messi got it away on the offside. Down on the chase. It will be an unsuccessful one. Your take on the modern game and uh, the future of Test cricket <laughs> and the future of uh, other forms of cricket. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at so many different forms. People are talking about 100 and they talk about T20. There could be a T1 <laughs> where each bowler goes yeah. one ball. I mean, it's getting shorter and shorter <laughs> by the day. But where do you see Test cricket going? I think that's the main thing because it's changed so much from when you were playing, obviously. Um, techniques have changed. No, yes, things do change with time, you know, like unfortunately I think the olden days uh, methods were very different and probably the nature of the wickets uh, were also different uh, because uh, there was a time they had uncovered wickets and all those things. Well, batting was always a great uh, test against uh, quality bowlers and all that thing. And uh, no, test cricket, I think, will be there. I think especially in a country like Australia, England, or probably New Zealand and South Africa and all those, I think this will never die. And in India, probably, maybe now we won't get a full house what we used to get. And see, things have changed over the period of time. The mindset of people are changing. And uh, youngsters, they think differently. They don't have the patience anymore. You know, everything is like a fast food kind of a thing. They just want result overnight. So, I think this whole format will be there. I don't think test cricket will die. But maybe, I think, start playing maybe lesser number of games in the future. The real test is only in test cricket. Other format, they're all basically shorter format or they're all uh, batsman-oriented games. You know, because the wickets are made for them. The ground, you make smaller boundaries. Again, that goes in favor of batsmen. The wickets are flatter, the bowlers have a lot of restriction, batsmen have no restriction. So all those things, everything for yeah, television, you're catering for television, you wanted batsmen to come and hit sixes, so people can enjoy a school, lot of runs. So all those things, but I think all these formats would change with time. I won't be surprised with time, they'll have a mix cricket also, women and men also playing 50 overs, 20 overs, World Cup. 10 overs have already started in some of the countries. And all these things will change. But I think this will be, I would take the shorter version as pure entertainment. Mm -hmm. You go, enjoy, and you forget about it. It's like uh, going to a restaurant, have a vada pav or a pizza, then you forget, then you want something else. The next day, you don't want to go and eat the yeah. same thing again. So things will, time, with time, uh, it would change. There's still no harm in doing that, actually. I think you have to move ahead with time. And uh, just carry on and just keep enjoying it. So, do you think the future of test cricket lies in day night tests, more of them? No, if they want more crowd coming in, it would be nice. Like this, a Packer started for the first time this night cricket because uh, he wanted people, because of course the reasons were different in those days, and he wanted people to come when you have a free time. So, the people start coming to the ground and start the. Initially, not many people were coming, but later on, they were all coming and enjoying it, actually. It was like party time for them. So, there's no harm, actually, because not the entire series, because you can just uh, combine both. Maybe more uh, day and night matches being played and, and, you know, having more people coming. See, you need crowd, you need people. And uh, as a player, you, you don't bother 
because you are concentrating. But I think the atmosphere makes all the difference. So I'm sure things will change with time. Uh, Tremendously tight contest. His edge of it this time and he's gone beautifully caught by the Vasquez slip. And that might well be the final nail in the coffin here for West Indies. Malcolm Rice, who's defended stoutly for a long, long time, falls another victim to Armina for 18, leaving West Indies 124 for 8. Well, and I think if we have another look at that, we'll see that was pretty wide as well. They've chased these wide ones, the West Indian batsmen. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask, what did you enjoy most after playing? Coaching? Before we, before, before we go to the last part of the thing, just one question about the modern yeah. game. We are playing day-night cricket, test cricket, with a pink ball. We are playing one-day cricket, and T20 with a white ball. We know that cricket is a batsman's game in, the, in, the, uh, in all formats, basically. Uh, why can we not? Better, but the pink ball is doing a lot. Why can we not use the pink ball in our limited over See, it probably is the daylight, you know, kind of a thing. And because uh, maybe things may change, you never know, actually. And uh, maybe I think they can try some different combination also. Maybe they can have, instead of uh, one color, maybe can have two colors ball also. Oh, maybe. You know, one on each side. One on each side. side. You know, so, ah, a, so a, swing and whatever. <laughs> I don't know, really. These things, as I said, maybe they can have... Uh, mix uh, teams, you know, women and men playing like tennis and all those other sports. So things may change in future, we don't know actually. So maybe that you'll have one pink side, one white side, one red, one white, something like that. May change with time and all that thing. So I think things are changing and I think we should be prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, after you finish playing, obviously you've done pretty much everything, coaching, commentating, um, you were even chairman of selectors for a bit. What was the most enjoyable one of the three? Uh, I would say I enjoyed coaching the maximum because uh, then, you know, what happens when you're coaching, you're getting into the shoes of that particular kid. You're going to his level because he doesn't understand. And uh, he, maybe you can ask him to do it, he can't do it. So that means coaching is something that uh, you have to get into his shoes to explain. And uh, which, if he uh, does it successfully, you're very happy. It gives you a lot of satisfaction. Because uh, you want uh, these kids to come up, to do well. And, and it's not an easy thing to do, you know, because playing is very easy. Coaching is the toughest job. It's like, you know, teachers, because uh, they do a lot of preparation and all that. But here, I think when you're doing a coaching, because you're doing it with experience. And when you're doing it with experience, you know the situation, we have gone through it. So you can explain to them. So they can, you can train them to how to go about in such a situation and all that. So like I had an academy in Baroda, like I have a, still a young boy, his name is Priyanshu, he's about 16, 17. So like when you see this young guy coming at 11, 12, you know, they're very shy, very submissive kind of a nature. Then you see them growing over a period of time. So that gives you a lot of thrill. So this boy is doing well. I feel that this boy has a lot of uh, talent. 
provided he is at the right place at the right time and he gets opportunity and exposure. You never know, maybe like in say four or five years time, he may become big and, uh, but again, it's a own performance. See, in cricket, nobody can help you. People can guide you and coach you and everything. But on the ground, you're on your own and you're the master of your destiny. So nobody can really do anything for you. So I think it's all about preparation, it's all about consistency, it's about your will, it's about your hard work, it's about your own discipline. So that makes you a cricketer. You're one of the most respected players in this country, one of the greatest players that our country has produced. Um, yet, and you've been approached by a lot of you know, the top boss players in the country, including Sachin and including Saurav and including others, to help them out with their batting when, when they felt something here and there. And there have been millions of others who've done that. I don't think, that, and this is my personal opinion, and I want to comment on that, I don't think that the BCCI has used you to the extent that they should have used you in various uh, positions. Um, in fact, you've had a lot of... Um, Fallouts with the with the BCCI at <laughs> different times of your career. Uh, your comments, please. See, don't forget, my name is Amar Nas. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are different. <laughs> so, any, I believe in one thing, you know, and uh, even for coaching, even for any job in BCCI, why should you go and please people? Why should you beg for it? Actually, and uh, I always believe, you know, like. It's not a trademark in Amanas anyway. So, father never did it. I, mean, I don't do it. My brothers don't do it actually. Why should you? You have played cricket. Everybody knows what your uh, talent is, what you can capable of, your capabilities, what you can achieve, what you can do for the game. So, why just whether it's commentary, whether it's coaching, whether it's a coach job, why should one should apply? I fail to understand. Forget about the system. See, a lot of people you see, like, uh, they get a job, fine, okay. They get a job, probably they better connection, whatever. But I can't do it. I feel very low to ask anything for my favor. I say, end of the day, I'm just going to eat two chapatis, three chapatis. God has been kind to me. I have a family. I have everything, you know, for me, with me. Why worry about things, you know, as such? So not to really go and uh, run around and... Uh, just try to beg for a job and because the money is involved. So for me, money is not really everything in life. Which we know that. We know that, yeah. yeah. Um, any last closing uh, remarks? And I have a few more things. Actually. <laughs> um, so obviously T20 cricket has this massive impact on the world. Um, what do you make of the IPL? I, I'm not, personally, it took me a really long time to sort of, yeah. as someone from the younger generation, it took me a while to sort of come to terms with the IPL. What did you make of it? See, I'll give you my frank opinion. Up. I think the substandard tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hype. Yeah. Actually, just a hype. Nothing else. It's not... Uh, I would... Uh, would like to play or even watch. I don't watch IPL, honestly, really. And uh, So these are entertainments, according to me. And uh, how can you judge a player in four overs cricket, uh, 20 overs cricket, a bowler in four overs, and why should a, a plat, a IPL should be platformed to represent country? I think it's wrong when thousands of other kids are playing at domestic level, first class level. They, they're dreaming of representing the country. They don't get an opportunity in IPL. So that means they're not, not good enough. The talent is huge in the country. So I don't think we're really doing justice to talent as such. 
because and even this is one thing and and second thing I've never ever been in favor of overseas coaches the reason because if the overseas coach has to coach Indian cricket he should be with the first class teams for years then you judge and the third thing I think when uh, you select a coach there should be a committee not BCCI appointing somebody directly so you can have connection you can straight away get a job you know so they should be committing they should drill these guys and then you select a coach over there and uh, they should not be uh, maybe from the okay you can have a technical part with the cricketer and maybe you can have some other people also in the committee just asking questions but uh, here the things are different if you achieve something if you have name and all that then who you know this is what actually happens in Indian cricket last question before we end um, what was it like playing your father in the movie oh really I enjoyed it I think it was an honor for me to be very honest and uh, so all my life I looked up to him he was my role model and uh, so when Kabir Khan the director asked me all whatever the scenes uh, they have put in the film and I was thrilled actually I jumped into it I said sure it's an honor for me and uh, so it was like a dream come true you know I could uh, act and behave like him for a little while on the screen <laughs> which we used to see every day so it was absolutely great did you wear larger size shoes <laughs> No, no, big no, shoes, no, big no, shoes, big boots. First time I smoked a pipe, <laughs> <laughs> which I would do very occasionally. Uh, so, actually, some of the last questions yeah. I would like to ask you. Jimmy, you've done everything in life. You've been a dancer, you've been a singer, and you, so you were on a television a reality show. Uh, you recorded on Star Maker. I know that. He hosted your yeah, TV, TV show. He was hosted an old TV show. He's acted in two movies, if I'm not wrong. Uh, two, right? Yeah. The show and uh, oh, yeah, 1983, yeah, of course. Obviously. And of course, you've been a cricketer. What is your favorite amongst all of this? I enjoyed everything, actually, to be very honest. Uh, not uh, uh, always. I believe in one thing in life. You see, you only get one life. And do the maximum whatever opportunity comes your way it's not uh, like you want to uh, go and participate to win all the time I think you just go and participate and enjoy to the maximum so like dancing thing well I'm not a dancer like okay we all dance like and let's let me ask you what was the most difficult <laughs> I think dancing was difficult <laughs> because when you're dancing at home, you don't give a damn to beat and all those kind of a thing. I remember when I was dancing in that uh, choreographer like Lillian Mendes was with me. She was a young girl, she was in her 20s, you know, like full of energy and uh, she's uh, teaching me all the steps, you know, like, and uh, okay, you learn those steps very quickly and all that thing. And she said, oh, sir, like, uh, look at me, look at straight. I say, I can't because I'm counting my steps. <laughs> Doing it right or wrong. Don't look down look I say, I can't. Okay, so, <laughs> so, you know, all those things are like fun. I think it was great fun. I think those five weeks were really great fun. You are with the different kind of people, different mindset, you know, different atmosphere, different energy level over there. 
they talk differently, they think differently. I think it was very, very enjoyable. I really, so see, it was happened about uh, more than 10 years back. But I'm still in touch with those people. You know, it's really, they're still very young and all that thing. So it's fantastic. I, I believe you try everything in life, whatever it is. And the last question from my side, so you want to ask, you're most welcome. If you had to live your life again, what would you be amongst all of these professions? What would you like to be? <laughs> I definitely, I would like to be a cricketer. No okay. doubt about it, actually. You know, well, that's like, a, I was expecting that answer, <laughs> and that's a very diplomatic answer to me. No, no, <laughs> I would have said I want to be a singer. No, no, no. I'm definitely a cricketer. I think that what cricket has given me in life, I don't think anything else would have. And the pleasure I've got out of it, whatever achieved in life, is all because of this game. And I'm grateful to the game and I'm grateful to my parents, my father and my mom, that they put me in the right direction. And uh, it made me a man, basically. They made me a man, you know, like, otherwise I would have been working somewhere, you know, like in a factory or doing something, clerical job. I never go to studies anyway. <laughs> would you have done anything differently in your career? Looking back now. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I would have done anything different. I would have been the same. And, uh, and uh, you have to reborn. If I become a cricketer, I would still like to be the same person. You know, have your own identity. Never be like the rest. You have to have, you have to be different. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, you have uh, some very strong women in your life. Uh, so, is that a challenge as well? <laughs> It's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Jimmy. It was Just an absolute pleasure. One last thing to end. Um, any advice for all of the youngsters watching? No, I think uh, they know what they're doing and uh, I don't think they need advice. You know, so much exposure is available uh, to youngsters, which was not the case uh, in our life. Uh, I think live for the day and uh, be consistent whatever you do and do one thing at a time. Don't plan too many things, you know, like uh, it doesn't work. And uh, just stay focused, whatever you want to. And I think sky is the limit and if you work hard and uh, if you focus, if you focus toward that uh, goal. Thank you so much, Jimmy, Uncle. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jimmy. And uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. And you're always being candid and expressive and have given your opinions in the hardest sitting way. And I think, um, you know, you deserve more uh, accolades from, and also more involvement in the Indian uh, in yeah. establishment. Yeah. Anyway, hope, hope, and, and the best of luck for, for your future. Yeah. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And um, just to end, um, normally at the end of the podcast, we yeah. have a segment called the No Balls Cricket Awards. Okay. Normally there are a bunch of jokes, but... It's a very serious one. I unfortunately don't have anything to give you. But you are the winner of the No Balls Cricket Award for this week. Thank you. Thank you. And that's out. Yes, it's all over this time. Lost his nerve in the end. Did Michael Holden tried to swing that straight ball with the leg? It's another wicket for Almanad. No delighted he looks. 140 all-out West Indies and the margin of their victory, 43 runs as India race into the pavilion.
If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to all our videos and click on the bell icon to remain notified. And if you're listening to us on any of our audio platforms, we are available on Spotify, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, Anchor and Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you for watching.